He has a brain like no other. A memory that has stunned millions. A mental wonder. It all started back in 1990 when he correctly predicted the Pennsylvania lottery. Now, the holy grail of neuroscience, Jim Carroll is your mentor to limitless mental energy. Get ready to learn his secrets to superpower your mind. It's Jimmy the Brain. Hey, how, how, how you guys doing today? A very special guest today, a good friend of mine, Michael Linnington. He's the CEO of the Wounded Warrior Project. Michael, great to see you again, man. It's good. What was the last time we were together? I think it was that event down in the Verizon headquarters, right? The run. It, it was, and I was telling my wife last night I was going to talk to you today. I was telling her about the dice and the cards, <laughs> and she didn't believe me. I said, no, I'm telling you, he throws you a dice, you turn it to any number you want, and then he tells you what the number is. And I still don't know how you do it, Jim. I know you're a mentalist. I know you do this for a living. But you got a special gift, my friend. And being on your show, especially what you've done for wounded, ill, and injured service members over the last decade is really pretty impressive. And I couldn't be more honored to be your guest. Oh, man. Thank you, Michael. Hey, after reading your career, are you kidding me? What an amazing, distinguished, what is it, 35 years you're in the military? And what I have here, you served in three combat tours in key command and staff positions. You served on the Army staff, the Joint Staff, the Office of the Secretary of Defense. I'm a memory expert, and I can't memorize all the stuff you've done. It's just insane. It's, it's what a career wow. you've had. What's it uh, like? Like, what was that like? How did you transition from 35 years of that to a civilian life? How do you even do something like that? That's amazing. For me, the military was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was one of six boys in South Jersey, reading Jack Lennington. I am an Eagles fan. I love your sweatshirt, my brother. There it is. It's baby. fantastic. I went to military high school, Valley Forge in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And then I went to West Point for four years. And, you know, like a lot of West Pointers, I didn't plan to make the military career. I wanted to serve for five years, 10 years, and then try something else. But the more time you spend with soldiers and their families, the more you fall in love with it. So for me, it just became, you know, five years turned into 10, 10 turned into 20. And next thing, my wife and I were at 35. And leaving the military was a tough time, I think, as it is for every soldier, sailor, airman, Marine, no matter what your rank. But for us, being part of Wounded Warrior Project is just an extension of what extension of our service of 35 years. So it's been a great honor to continue to be around young men and women that have served our country, got wounded, got sick, been injured, and I need help. And that's what we're there for. Now, you're going to relate to this. Now, you mentioned you went to West Point and graduated from West Point. What was that like to graduate from West Point and then come back as the commandant for the cadets? That must have been like, wow. And you're talking about West Point. I don't know. I think I might have told you this. I performed there 67 times in my career. What a place. It's, unfortunately, I wasn't there when you were there. I think you were there in 80. I started performing about 83, 84. But what was that like coming back to be the commandant after, wow, that must have been amazing. Well, it was daunting. I honestly think it was divine intervention and payback. I wasn't the best cadet. So coming back as commandant of cadets, was really my opportunity to see it from the other side. Luckily, I got this, my wife and I, by the way, she's a West Pointer as well. She graduated in 81. Our son's a West Pointer. He's class of 2005. Wow, that is so awesome. My gosh. I was there as a math instructor from 90 
1990 to 1993. Different being an instructor than being commandant my responsibilities were the physical, moral, and ethical development of the Corps of Cadets, the most amazing young people you can ever imagine. And being there at a time of war where every graduate knew they were going likely to Iraq or Afghanistan was a special time. And preparing them for those challenges was sobering. And you can imagine their mind was a bit uncertain about how good they would be as leaders of troops that have been deployed multiple times already. But we did our best. We, we really exposed them to a lot of combat veterans, especially non-commissioned officers, that helped them realize that they would be fine, and they were. And tragically, many of them were either wounded or, or gave their lives for our nation. So it was a, a term, the mantra being the commandant of cadets, it's glitzy. But I will tell you, just the emotional uh, the emotional challenge of that job was something that I took pretty seriously. And as commandants over 240 years have taken seriously since West Point was founded back in 1802, not 240, 200, 200 plus years, almost 220 years now, 1802. But yeah, I knew you had performed there many times. Where did you perform at I call oh, Eisenhower I, Hall I was or in, all over? Geez, I was in I call branch night. I was a Oh, Fort Buckner. I mean, you name it. Oh, I've, yeah. I've done so many programs. I can't even remember where I am half. Chet Kosicki, you remember him? Or I know all the people that were charged since 1985. It's the. Let me tell you something. I've done upwards of 3,500 colleges and universities, but the United States Military Academy, I don't even consider that a university. That is just the most amazing, prestigious place to perform. Yeah, it's breathtaking. It's, oh, breathtaking. Beautiful is place. Per perfect word, breathtaking. But it's. But now... You're with the Wounded Warrior Project, and man, that touches my, I don't have to tell you, it's just amazing how it touches my heart, and I've worked with so many of these guys and gals, and like, what, tell everybody, what's the mission? Because I wouldn't know how to describe it in words. What is, like, the mission of the Wounded Warrior Project? What would you, like, if you'd have to describe it, like, how, for people? Yeah, our mission is to honor and empower our nation's wounded warriors. And that's a very simple statement, but it's a, but it's, it's wide, it's deep, it's impactful, it's important. If you think about the fact that 1% of Americans serve our nation in uniform, and since 2001, more than three and a half million have been deployed in harm's way. Of those 55, 56,000 have come home with physical injuries, gunshot wounds, burns, amputations, physical injuries. 400,000 have come back with invisible wounds post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, and then we have 7,000 have made the ultimate sacrifice. The folks that come back with either physical or invisible injuries from war or sickness and illness from being deployed, especially toxic exposures now, our mission is to serve them in a variety of ways. We start by connecting them in group. We know that the camaraderie and cohesion that was enjoyed when they were in the military is often lost as military service members transition to the civilian side. So we connect them in groups. We rekindle those bonds of friendship and camaraderie. And then we serve them through a variety of free programs that meet their needs in both physical and physical rehabilitation, mental rehabilitation, financial wellness. And we have a jobs program. We have an in-home care program for those that are the most significantly wounded, injured. And we and as importantly, we collaborate with a lot of other veteran service organizations in the space to make sure that we're all working together in, in filling in the gaps for what the Department of Veterans Affairs provides and what we provide 
collectively or individually separately, we know we're more important together than we are individually. So we've put a premium on collaborating with other veteran service organizations. Of all the free programs and services we provide, the biggest need, Jim, to be honest with you, in the area that we have the most significant investment is in mental health. Mental health programs to treat post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury. We have a host of programs that meet the needs of warriors um, that connect them with therapists that can help them through our academic medical centers. We have a Project Odyssey, which is in it's, a, it's like an outward bound like event where warriors get together over a period of four or five days in nature, high ropes, whitewater rafting, all these challenging events during the day, and then heavy exposure to psychoeducation at night. They open up to each other. I've been on several of them. They're phenomenal. We have a talk program that provides peer mentoring. We have 75, 80 peer support groups that meet all over the country, led by veteran Wounded Warrior volunteers. These are alumni, members of Wounded Warrior Project that aren't paid but give their time to bring groups of veterans together in the locations where we don't have offices. We're in 25 offices across the country. Our headquarters is here in Jacksonville. We really have a very wide reach and very wide scope of the programs we provide. And I think the thing I'm most proud of is the fact that we can adapt very quickly to the changing needs of warriors or the changing environment that we're working in. COVID-19 hit us incredibly hard because it really shut down our in-person pro program events we were offering to our wounded warriors. So they were no longer able to get together in groups physically at locations, restaurants, parks, beaches, those type things. So we had to transform all of our program delivery to a virtual program delivery deal. And it's been usually successful in keeping warriors connected virtually, just like we're doing today, has shown profound positive impact. And I'll tell you the other area that's most concerning for me, and you probably know this because you're around so many veterans, is the financial stress on veterans, yeah. the financial stress on young families today is pretty profound. Through our outreach calls, we made almost 40,000 outreach calls over the past three months. We found that many of the veterans we're serving had significant financial stress due to either job layoff, uh, furloughs, or loved ones losing their jobs. So with the support of our board and organizations like Verizon and others, we, we granted $11 million, more than $11 million, to more than 11,000 families, $1,000 immediate stipends to families in need to help them with rent, utilities, food, clothing, those to keep the lights on, keep them from severe financial stress. As these jobs. I know I'm Philip, I'm talking way too much. No, but, no, people have to um, know this. There, I've seen you on a commercial a couple times, and but the, the whole public has to know that the Wounded Warrior Project exists. Everybody has to know this exists. This is so needed. Like you said, it's needed, period, but especially in these times with the financial hardships. And like you said, the mental health. Wow, that's my area that my heart is all for that. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's but isolation, the COVID yeah. mandated isolation, Jim, of the last couple months has really been a challenge for a lot of folks. You're out and about all the time. And if you can't get groups together, then if you, the mental health challenges you already have of being deployed, we've seen a 38% increase in referrals for our mental health programs, uh, almost a 40% increase in referrals to 
partner mental health providers. The VA has seen, I think it's a 200% increase in the need for mental health counseling because of COVID-related isolation. It's something we all need to stay focused on. And certainly you championing those efforts in mental health and brain health is something we appreciate and we follow your lead in that regard. Oh man, like that's what I'm trying to do now, Mike. I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with ideas of how to fill that especially when you're alone like that. I know so many people that are alone. That's the worst thing to be alone. And now I'm trying to come up with virtual games and things you can do. And at the same time, you're having fun with the game, but not realizing it's actually exercising your brain and your neural trans. I don't want to get into the brain stuff right now, the brain health, but this is what I'm all about. There's a deck of cards entertaining of the physical stuff. I think we were at the Invictus or not. What was it? The warrior games. I think I right. a couple times together. So yep. needed. I just hope that isn't postponed or canceled this time around. When is it in the, in the fall or something that's coming up or. Yeah. They just unfortunately canceled oh. the games in San Antonio that were scheduled in September, Jeez. but they're looking to get back on their feet as quickly as they can. One of the things you've spoken about openly, which I think a lot of, certainly our team have, has come to realize is the connection between physical fitness, physical wellness, and mental wellness. If you can work your body, you're by default working your brain. And I think the brain is probably the least understood of all the organs in the body. If the brain is an organ, I'm not even sure it is. But if you're working your body, you're working your brain. And certainly with warriors with post-traumatic stress disorder or mild, moderate, or severe TBI, you got to keep them moving and active. And that's something you've, I think that was part of your rehab, wasn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. My, my rehab was the, I started with the exercise bike when I was 50. I had cardiomyopathy. It's like I had the heartbeat of a 93 year old man at 50 years old. And then I had, wow. then I had a super enlarged heart, not just an enlarged heart, a super enlarged heart. And I was joking around about it. Yeah, I got a big heart. No, this is serious. And I started doing this exercise bike, not knowing it would lead to where I am now, Michael. I didn't have, yeah. I, you're talking to a guy that I barely made it out of high school. My dad was military. He was in the Navy, served in World War II. And he would come home every, I'd come home every day from school. He'd have a Budweiser in one hand, a cigarette in the other hand, watery eyes, crying. I never knew what it was. Now I do. All right. And he's seen a lot of gentlemen perish right in front of his eyes on his aircraft carrier. But so that's, I think, was driving me. So anyway, to get back to the health thing, so I'm driving this bike, riding this bike, and it was as boring as heck. So I would take a deck of cards, shuffle them up, and look through them, and I wouldn't get off the bike. I disciplined myself. I wouldn't get off the bike until I could memorize, like, half a deck of cards. And then it got faster and faster, so I had to memorize other things. So I started making little lists of a pie, 100 digits of pie every day, 314, 5265, I could recite 70,000 digits of pie now, Michael. All unbelievable. I got into this accidentally. So from riding the bike and exercising my brain at the same time, started something started happening and I felt energized. Like I was all oh, this now I can feel the energy coming in me right now. And so to make a long story short, what had happened was when I was about to turn 60, I went to the hospital to the doctor because my life insurance was running out. And I go to the guy, I go, hey, you know. My life insurance is going to be like five times as much because they because of this cardiomyopathy. Can I get a test? They do this cardio echo and everything on me. And all of a sudden, the doctor goes, "What the?" An explicit word. 
I go, what? He goes, look at this. I've never seen this before. I've never seen a reversal of an enlarged heart. Wow. So there you go. You talk about the mind and the body. I no longer have cardiomyopathy. My heart is back to normal. And now I lift weights like a son of a gun in that room over here. Every other day, I'm in there pounding the weights. I'm 67 years old, and I'm in better shape. So you are 1 million percent right, buddy. Physical yeah. and mental are 100% together and it's so needed. It energizes your body and it occupies that space in your brain and fills that negative void and gets you some positive stuff going on in there. And then when you learn card tricks and other stuff, it, it gives you the sense. That's what I did down at the USO and everywhere else where I would teach these courses, Michael. It would just do something to you. The self-esteem would go through the roof. Brain yeah. is so important. Brain and body, that's what I'm all well, about. That's the beauty of our programs. And we you can you come here, you get connected, and then you get connected and you can go between different programs. You can get help with our mental health programs. You can get into our physical health and work. You can do both at the same time. You can get benefits counseling, you can get a job, you can get job placement, resume writing, counseling on how to dress for success and interview, and you get it all. And I think stigma, you brought it up. Your dad suffered in silence. My, I think all of that generation of service members, World War II and Vietnam veterans, they had PTSD, but it wasn't talked about. You know, they came home and suffered in silence. We're still working, as is every other veteran service organization in the country, as is our Department of Veterans Affairs, of overcoming that stigma and getting help if you need help. And when you get help, treatment works. You know that. And that's the message you give to folks when you perform is don't be afraid to go get help. Because if you or I broke a leg today, we'd be at the ER tomorrow. Actually, we'd be at the ER like a minute after we broke our leg. But if you've got a mental injury, a brain injury, you should also get help as quickly. And sadly, a lot of our veterans either don't feel worthy because they're not physically injured or they're worried about the stigma associated with them or their job or whatever else for going to get help. And really, that's the stigma you're helping us with. And we certainly have taken on in earnest, because if you don't get help, we know the end result. Yeah. We know the end result. You'll either suffer in silence, your quality of life will be much reduced, or for 20 veterans a day, you'll make a decision that not only is the wrong decision, but it affects uh, dozens of people around you that live with the consequences of that decision. And one suicide a day is certainly one too many among our veteran population. Man, that's a, that is absolutely, it shouldn't be any suicides a day and there shouldn't be any homeless veteran. This is insane. So we got to all stick together and make sense of you. What you're doing is just, what can like the listeners do to help the, with the wounded warrior project? Like what, where would they leave a message and we'll put it on the site as well. Where can people, what can people do to help? Yeah, there's so much information out there on our website. Right. I would say that's the first place is go to woundedwarriorproject.org.org. That's our website. It's got a description of all of our programs. It's got ways to get involved. We have, we have opportunities for folks to host warriors and do community events to bring warriors together and help support our, it's a fabulous website. And it's been updated recently with the challenge of the COVID, COVID virus period of isolation. Second way I would say for veterans out there that wanna, wanna connect or if they're listening to your podcast and they are struggling in any of the areas we just talked about, they can just call our resource center. Our resource center has 30 operators on duty full time. They can call one 877 Eight three two six nine nine seven eight seven seven 
832-6997, or they can just dial or go to our web website, woundedwarriorproject.org, and just type in resource center. It'll connect you virtually through our internet, through internet platform. And in our resource center, we have access to 1,500 resources other than the resources provided by Wounded Warrior Project. So if you're a veteran of any era and you want to connect with housing, financial assistance, mental health care, VA benefits, any of that, just calling our hotline, calling our resource center, will get you connected to the resources that are out there in the community, not just at Wounded Warrior Project, to help you connect. So that would be the two ways I would encourage people to get involved. And I'm going to have all my producers and everything else, when this gets kicking off, we're going to make sure those numbers are so important to put up, not only on there, but on my site. That helpline is so important. I get calls. <clears throat> Michael, I got a call. I'm not going to mention the name. One o'clock in the morning. Hey, Mr. Carroll, this is so-and-so. I live in Fort Benning, Georgia, and I'm down there a lot. I, and I've seen you were, you worked at Fort Benning in the past as well, Fort Benning, Georgia. And I go, I did. Yeah, that's, a, I'm going there. I'm supposed to go there November for a couple gigs. We'll see. Oh, boy, I just hope this clears up a little bit. So I get this call, Michael. And, yeah, I, I just had a gun to my head and I thought of you. Oh, my. What do you oh, do? Man. Yeah. Now I say, call this number. Go to my, yeah, I'm going to personally write that number down when I get off the podcast too. I mean, that I need that. I need someone to, I need to refer them to somebody else. I could only do so much talking in person over the phone. It's really hard. And that's really cool. That hotline number is so important. I can't stress that is so important. And I, yeah. I, I thank you and for Jim, our operators are not a, just to be clear, our operators are not a crisis line. They're a resource line. The VA uh, Department of Veterans Affairs has a crisis line. The military has a crisis line as well. And the MCL, VCL, it's called the Military Crisis Line or Veterans Crisis Line, that is manned 24-7. I'll make sure you have that number as well for your website because that's the line that if, if we get calls into our resource center from veterans that are in crisis, we keep the warrior on the phone and then we refer them to the crisis line for crisis intervention. And that line for the crisis line, the military crisis line and veteran crisis line is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. So for crisis, for a veteran in crisis, call the military or the veteran crisis line. For veterans or anybody that just need help with resources, a variety of ways, Call our resource center. We can get you connected. I appreciate that so much, Michael. We'll put that up. Once this long, boy, we got to do that. Hey, let's change the topic to having some fun here with the Eagles. And stuff. Are you going to Are you going to show me how you do that card trick, though? I will, and you got to show me how. You, oh, some dice. some of this. How do you do How do you do the dice? Come on, I, you got to give away one magic trick or one secret. Are you really reading the person's mind that's holding the dice? I got to tell you something. This is a quick, my last, my very last appearance was March 9th. All right. That was my last live appearance. I've been in my home, just going out food shop. I've been following the directions of, of this, the governor and everything else. But on March 9th, I was at the chairman's home. Okay. General Milley. All right. I'm at his home. And we're doing a little celebration. Terry Bradshaw was there. Gronkowski was there. It was like a little pre-celebration before an event we had the next day. And so at the end of the night, when everybody's leaving, I'm doing the dice thing to them. 
Oh, man. And he's hiding it. He hid the dice in some flower pot in his home. He goes, what's the number? I go, three. He goes, yeah, but where's it at? <laughs> yeah, if this, that dice thing I'm having so much fun with. That is the coolest thing I've yeah, ever. So yeah, that is just. What you don't know is yeah. that Verizon, when you did that, I turned to the audience. I spun the dice a million ways. I looked down at number five. I gave them the symbol five. And when I turned back around, you looked in my eyes and you said five. I could have put, it could have been any number on the dice. I don't know how you do it. It must be, you clearly must be a mind reader or something. No, I'm not a mind reader. the best trick ever. Here, I'll show you something. Here, watch. I'm going to try. I've never tried this with this before. All right, but let me try it here. I got the portable Alexa. It's going to be hard to see with the lighting in here. Okay. All right. All right. S. All right. Okay, sure. All right. Now, there's the portable Alexa. It's hard to see. I'd have to put the lighting down. But here we go. Watch. I hold on. Now it's asking me to, do I enjoy Alexa? But these things are amazing. Okay. So this is the Alexa. Say you roll the dice right now. All right. And just hold up your fingers. The number that the die would roll. I'm going to show you something really cool. I just came up with this one. Watch. What's the number? That's easy, Jim. It's a four. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. See, that's something new. I'm yeah, not that now I'm transferring all of this stuff to technology. Remember the thing we did down at, down at, down at the Verizon headquarters where you picked a card and all thousand people went to verizonmagic.com and their card appeared? Well, now I took yeah. it a step further with the Alexa. Now Alexa reads the dice. She guesses the card. She guesses the colors, the people's name. It's amazing. What and this is what I bring to our veterans, especially those suffering from, because it's just, hey, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Wow. Could, what do you do better than teaching somebody how to count a deck of cards? Come on. You talk about building up in self-esteem and not only that, but helping your memory, helping. I, I say, yeah, I say it, it, Absolutely. stimulating neurogenesis from exercising your brain. That's what I'm all about. And anything I can ever do for you, I'm here for you. You know that. Jim Carroll, you're a good man. Thank you. Yeah. And I know you, you say you didn't serve, you serve every day. Just remember that. Well, I was asked that one question. My producer wanted to ask you this. And I, I said, I'll ask you. He, he said, I should ask you this. What can you personally, you, Michael, take from military life that a person like him or other civilians should know? What should they know? I don't know what he meant by that. But I thought maybe I'd throw it out if you can answer that. What can you take from military life that civilians should know? The one thing that, that probably transformed my life being in the military was the value of the team. In the military, everybody relies on each other. And I would say the strength of the team is better than any individual, it's much stronger than any individual. And in the military, we operate in teams. It's never one individual. It's always the team. And if you think of the best basketball teams or the best football teams, they're not always the teams with the most talent, individual talent, but they are the team that works together the most, the best. And certainly I believe that's true in the military. And that's something I think if we brought that sense of teamwork into our business environment, into our nonprofit world, which I believe most organizations do. I'm pretty much an optimist. I think we'd be a much better world. So I think it's the value of team. Uh, and that's what the military taught me. What an impressive answer, Michael. You hit it, you hit it on the you hit it on the head as my picture went off. That means okay. Now everybody, what an absolute honor, Michael. This is, I'm serious about, I'm not just, I'm serious. I don't, you can see right through me. This is a, has been an absolute honor, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on thank you, Jim. and letting everybody know the wounded warrior project. You got to go to the site and my producers, you got to put these numbers up. Very important. And 
let's get things done here. And man, I can't wait to see you again. I hope this. And this is the year for the Eagles, right, Jim? I, I mean, you're, you're the mentalist. Come on. Is this the year? I got to tell you this. Now, I lived in Allentown, so I was an Eagle fan when I was a kid. And then I seen this guy. They played the Bears. And I seen this guy named Dick Butkus. I don't know if you remember, but you're not old enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You're not old you can, come on. You're a young guy. You look like you're 50. Oh, no. I remember Butkus, uh, number 51. Oh, man. When he played against. I'm 51. Look at that. I'm a yeah. mentalist. He's number 51. And then you remember Tim Rosovich, too. Oh, yeah. And that's when oh, yeah. I really got into the football, the middle linebackers and the craziness of these linebackers. And, oh, football, I just miss it. I can't. I just hope we move on and football plays again this year. And if they do, yes, the Eagles are going to be a very tough team to beat this year. So let's just hope they all play. Right, and I don't want to play a short season. Let's play all 16 no, games. let's play a full season. I'm with you. Thanks for that. Thank I'm going to say I'm putting my money on the Eagles now that you told me they're going to win. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. Once all again. right, sir. Thank you for liking, sharing, and if you really want to superpower your mental strength, subscribe and thrive. Visit us at jimmydebrain.com.